Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath October 30th, we look at Lesson 5, The Stranger in Your Gates. We also welcome our special guest for our 99th episode, President Anna Patterson of Southwestern Adventist University. Together we'll explore how God yearns for justice and peace for all people. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, Lesson 5, The Stranger in Your Gates, and Michael, we have a very special guest with us today. Would you like to go ahead and introduce our special and honored guest today? Absolutely. For our, I believe this is our 99th episode, so we're gearing up to 100 here. We've got our president, Anna Patterson. I say our president just elected this last summer and uh, claim, uh, not a claim to fame, but I went to academy with her brother. So I remember her from a long time ago and I have no idea that we'd even work at Southwestern. And I'm just really proud of her that, that she is our leader on our campus. And not only that, but she's joining us for the Sabbath school lesson this week. Yes, right? Is it great to have a president who also studies the Sabbath school lesson? Amen. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. And both of you are such valuable members of our campus team. and. I'm so excited about what we're going to be talking about because it's relational, and I really think that that's the crux of what makes things work here on our campus are the relationships yeah. that we have with each other and with our students. You know, uh, coming here, arriving, both of us, Michael, we came the same year, the we summer did. of 2018, mm-hmm. and one name that was always being paraded around as one of the favorite professors on campus is Anna Patterson. And so the fact that she's gone from the business department to now working not only for administration, but also now being our president, she brings that relational aspect. And so we appreciate her. We appreciate you greatly. I shouldn't just talk about you in the third person because yeah. we're actually here. <laughs> it's my privilege. And I feel like, you know, God has a plan. And that plan is for all of us to work together to push our institution forward, but ultimately to lead more students to Christ. Amen. That's yeah. why we are here. That's why we exist. Yeah. You know, I was going to say this, this lesson brings them perfectly the stranger within your gates because we want as many you might arrive as a stranger but you will leave as a part of our family right exactly and so it brings us to our our memory text actually uh found in deuteronomy chapter 10 uh, verse 19 new king james version here says therefore love the stranger for you were strangers in the land of egypt Mm -hmm. and so once again that relational aspect is being brought out here and michael Mm -hmm. Take us to Sunday's lesson, circumcise your hearts. Yeah, so if we just kind of diving right in here with uh, this whole, you know, it's kind of this epic story, and we've been just going through Deuteronomy and how it's so relational. We had your Gima Scholar remind us of that at the beginning, who wrote the notes for, for the lesson. And uh, it's, it's amazing as we look at Deuteronomy chapter 10. I'm not going to read this whole section, but I'm going to ask Anna. Uh, she has got a couple verses towards the end that I know she wants to draw our attention yes. to. But before we get there, really quick, um, you know, it's, I suspect every leader gets frustrated. Not, not, not Anna. <laughs> of course not. No, no She's always cool, never. calm, and collected. Yeah. On the outside. <laughs> <laughs> But, but Moses, you know, he gets, he gets frustrated. He'd been leading these people mm-hmm. through, seeing God's miraculous hand through all of this. And then he's so frustrated that this incredible act that God produces, the Ten Commandments, this covenant of love and everything else, and then just throws it down. And then, um, and, and, and this is this sort of um, 
mic drop moment, if we please, right? I mean, it, yeah. it, how can you get past that without addressing the situation at hand, right? Right. And, um, and then there's a couple key verses uh, I think you want to highlight here for us. Well, just picking up on that, yeah, I, I think that's really interesting because even just in the very beginning, yeah. um, in verse 2, where he's recounting the story, and he's, it's kind of like this narrative where he's retelling the story of what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And he says um, that basically this is the Lord that told Moses, I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets. And then he says, which you broke. <laughs> like he reminds he's calling him of it, right? Him out. Like yeah. you're the one who broke the tablets, not me. Mm. But I'm gonna fix it. Yeah. And it makes me think of even like, do you all have a relationship with your parents or your grandparents and you make a mistake and they're like, uh, let me just remind you that you did this. I'm gonna fix it. <laughs> but you broke it. <laughs> and it's the same thing with this covenant that um, the covenant is perfect yeah. and we have this opportunity mm. to be in covenant with perfection. We are the ones who are going to break it, but the covenant will still remain. And to me, that's really, really powerful. So I know we were talked about uh, verse 15. That was one that I wanted to uh, just point out or that spoke to me. It says, yet the Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them and he chose you. And I just think that that's so powerful, the thought that God chose us mm. to be in covenant with, even though we're imperfect and he knew mm. what it was going to cost to keep up the promise. Yeah. Like there was a cost involved and he still chose us. Wow. You know, I, I have to bring this up and I'm not doing it just because you're here, but uh, I was talking. We have fun together every yeah, week, we, we trust do, me. <laughs> we uh, but I, I remember running into uh, Dr. Donna Berkner, who is our academic vice president here. And she just came to me. She said, she mentioned three theology majors. She's like, I just want you to know, we're doing everything possible to keep them here, even though in a lot of ways they've messed up. But mm-hmm. I let them know we want them here. Mm-hmm. And I just thought about, you know, academia and everything else. Like, mm-hmm. You don't get that every place where we're no. running after our students and saying, hey, we know you messed up, but we're here to make sure that you're here because we want you here. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. a lot of ways what God does for us. And it's a, it's a microcosm of of we don't deserve it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The covenant is perfect, and yet he's still striving. He's running after us. Yeah. And and in return, if we understand what God's done for us, it causes us to want to do it for others. Yeah. But then I also think about, well, then, what is he asking on our part for us to do? Because mm. he's doing a lot, mm. but what is he asking of us? Because a covenant usually goes both ways. You know, when you take an oath when you are married, for example, and you make a lot of promises to each other. Mm. Uh, So what is he asking of, though? Because, um, you know, I look verse 16 where it says, circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff necked any longer. Mm. And uh, I think about like, okay, well, circumcision was this outward symbol. Mm -hmm. um, But circumcision of the heart, what does that mean? It's more private, intimate. And I think about, you know, have you ever had the unfortunate you know thing where you find out that a couple is getting divorced and you're Mm. like man i would have never guessed right yeah well we can follow the rules and no one would ever guess where our relationship is internally with god Mm. because that's so intimate yeah and that's where like the circumcision of the heart it's like where's your heart with god you can follow the rules Mm -hmm. and no one would ever know yeah but only God is going to know where you are with him. Uh, that's 
you know, uh, Pastor uh, Michael, uh, or yeah, actually Jonathan Coker, during our week of prayer, he, he mentioned uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. That's Blessed right. of the pure in heart, for mm-hmm. they shall see God. He says, but he says he's trying to erase his understanding of it because it, it, he grew up thinking, bless the pure in action. Wow. Right? Yeah. But yeah. replacing that with a pure in heart. And that's what, that's exactly what you're saying, which is, I, I can look at you, but I can't tell what's in your heart. God yeah. knows, though. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's so amazing. So I have a kind of a funny confession story here to go with this. Um, I'm going to throw a disclaimer. Whatever he says, I am not a party to you, what he says. You, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't, can't blame Buster for this. It actually, it's a long time ago when we were, when I was a kid, about the time that we would have known each other in Lake Nelson, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I, my parents, I, I went downstairs in the basement one day, and I found a whole bunch of idols. They had gone on, what? my parents had gone on vacation down to Mexico and they brought back all these uh, images or whatever. And all of a sudden I realized my parents are idolaters. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so this is confession time here. So, so in righteous indignation, thinking of Moses here, I took those oh no. <laughs> and I went outside in, in, in wrath. I thought, I can't believe my parents worship idols. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. <laughs> I threw them down. Oh, no. And, and then after I got done, suddenly I had a fear and foreboding that came over me. And I got to thinking, what if those weren't idols? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too bad that thought didn't come before, right? right? <laughs> and then I came humbly to my mother with tears and said, Mom, I, I did something. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah. And uh, she interceded on my behalf to my father who called me. Mm-hmm. And he said, make sure to tell Michael that I do not worship idols. And, you know, I learned something really important, that that relational aspect. Here I had made these assumptions. I was just a kid. Mm-hmm. I was very well-meaning. But too often we judge the outside appearance like that, even using the example of Moses, yeah. throwing things down, and yet we don't know people's hearts on the mm-hmm. inside and how, just how important that is. And so I li- appreciate that point about, you know, surrendering all of these things that God wants the internal inside of us. And when we take care of the internal the external seems to often take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, you know how hard it is? How hard would it be? And mm. and that's where we yeah. break down the love God, love your neighbor, mm. which speaking like love the stranger, which yeah. will become your neighbor, because yeah. how hard would the Ten Commandments be to keep without love? Yeah. Oh. Oof. You know, right it, there. you did mm. a you did a great yeah. transition there, which is to love. Yeah, I was about to ask you, Buster, right? segue. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> but she, she she did it for us perfectly, I right? Know. Uh, so, so uh, Anna, we're, we want to hear from you, uh, Deuteronomy 10, 17 through 19. I, I know you mm-hmm. said uh, there's some things there that, that really brought your attention, once again, mm-hmm. coming to that, that concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, so love to hear from you about love the stranger. Well, I mean, my question when I first read that was like, who's a stranger? Mm-hmm. And I think there are some, sometimes it's like, why are people strangers? Well, the only reason why they're strangers is because you haven't gotten to know them yet. And I don't know Ooh. if you're, I'm like that type of person. My husband laughs at me because I don't know what it is, but people will tell me a lot about themselves in a very short amount of time. 
So sometimes we'll be checking out at the grocery store and he's like bagging the groceries and I'm at the other end and <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, you know, the person behind me is talking to me and yeah. we'll be walking out and I'll be like, oh, you know, their mother is having surgery tomorrow on her hip and, oh you goodness. know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, three minutes, they're telling you everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so what? My wife looks at me, she's like, just bag the grocery. What are you doing? Yeah. It's like, make eye contact with people. They want to talk sometimes, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but isn't that the yearning of our hearts is people are just yearning for connectedness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So how do we, you know, how do we turn a stranger into a neighbor mm. wow wow that's a great question hey, you know think about that shouldn't that be the goal of every christian mm-hmm. yeah of every avenue we should be looking out for people that might mm. be considered strangers and showing them hey, actually you're a neighbor mm-hmm. you're a friend you're no longer a foreigner you're you're grafted in you're with us yeah we want you to be right we sing you this invitation mm-hmm. so what do you think in our day-to-day lives prevent people from taking those steps Ooh. I, I know right away, we, in biblical mm. conflict resolution, we ask this question, uh, what percentage of the campus do you think is friendly? Yeah. And it's so funny because those who have been here since freshman, some of them said, oh, I'd say 40%, 50%. The new transfers coming in, they said 100%. We have wow. four transfers in. One came from Baylor. One came in from Illinois State, uh, all these places. They said, you should visit our public campuses and mm-hmm. then come here. This yeah. place is 100% friendly. Yeah. And it's interesting because sometimes we have a misperception because we're in the midst of it. And so sometimes it's our fear and our perception that we need to get over mm-hmm. of recognizing that this is, you know, that our perception is wrong and we need to change it. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think another big thing is we have to trust each other. You know, don't you think when you mm, let down your guard that is true. with the people around you, mm-hmm. there is an element of trust that's required because... You have to trust that that person understands your intentions or you have to just leave that in God's hands, you know, but you also have to just have this, uh, I don't know, it's this ability to say, this is who I am. This is what God's calling me to do. I have had times in my life where I feel like God is whispering, go talk to that person. And I'm like, but I don't want to, or I'm intimidated or what if it's a, what if I'm messing up or it's not my place? And it's like, how am I? Am I connected enough with God to answer or feel that call when God says that student needs you to talk to them or that wow. coworker needs you wow. to walk mm-hmm. up and, and say something today, yeah. regardless of what how it might be perceived? So, Anna, I didn't realize you're going to get existential Sorry. on us today. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> really, no, it excellent. This is what we need to hear. This is uh, these are excellent things. And it gives our, our audience a challenge already. It gives yeah. me a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is some, some of the aspects of life that we forget about that we're called to do, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Getting Within our ourselves. sphere of influence, where, yeah. wherever that might be, students in the classroom, mm-hmm. uh, somebody at work, could be a, maybe a neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Which actually ties into the notion of, for you were strangers in Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we don't we don't neglect strangers because we remember where we came from. We remember the times in our lives where we felt neglected. So, uh, either one of you, I'll kick this to either one of you. What do, what do you have to say about Tuesday's lesson for you were strangers in Egypt? All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think here, I think it's really interesting. Like even talking about your transfer students, mm. um, here we all have a common thread, like our our shared cult. You know, there is a part of Adventism where we have cultural commonalities that are mm-hmm. a common thread. Haystacks. And yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Vespers, haystacks. But what happens when we're 
placed in a situation where nobody is like us. Mm. Um, you know, how, how, how do we feel? How, what is the, our reaction to being in a, in a place where we're a stranger? Yeah. Um, so it's almost like Moses e- is even showing them where they were, yeah. but then also preparing them for how they should live in the future. They don't understand what's going to happen in the future. Um, so I think that's, it's like that he's trying to impart some wisdom mm. in a way that they can remember based on the past. Yeah, le- learn these applied life lessons. You mm-hmm. were there not too long ago. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. And now move it forward. Mm-hmm. Carry it forward. Don't forget. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We live in a culture that's so xenophobic, you know, like we want to other other people because... Yeah. They're an immigrant or a more recent immigrant. I'm sorry, unless you're a Native American uh, and you were here before. Pretty much everybody at one point or another has been an immigrant. And I, and I think somehow we want to make ourselves put ourselves above other people, whether that's um, in terms of race or gender or socioeconomic or you name it, whatever it is, we tend to other, you know. And, and I think what God's trying to say here is, you know, if you really kind of take a hard look at yourself, at some point you were that stranger you were that othered you know uh on the margins and and all of us at some point have been there uh whether we admit it or not um we're there and and god is trying to get our attention that here in the midst of this you were strangers you know um and and when you have that sense then there's a sense of humility i i hope i think that's what god's kind of going for here that if if others if if you've been there before then this is an opportunity to understand empathetically where other people are in the midst. And so rather than getting your druthers up and getting defensive, saying, oh, wait a minute, if I realize where they're really coming from and what they're struggling through, suddenly maybe I can begin to put myself in their shoes, so mm-hmm. to speak, and and be able to, to minister to them, which is, I think, what um, is, 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 is this lesson is trying to, to lead us towards. So it's true. Um, which I guess maybe we could uh, pivot to Wednesday's lesson. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. Judging Judge right, right, righteously. Righteously, right? Wow. Just mm. with justice. Yes. I, I know it wants us to read these four texts, but they are very basically saying the same thing, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to read 2719. Okay. Uh, Cursed is, is the one who perverts justice due to the stranger, the fatherless and the widow, and all the people shall say, amen, right? Yeah. So it's making sure they all mention justice and judging correctly, being non-partial, uh, not to pervert justice, especially mm-hmm. to the fatherless, the stranger stranger uh, that's in your gates, but also the widow, the orphan, making sure we take care of these people. And so that brings us to this this idea, ideology, if you will, of justice. And I'll kick it both to both of you. What What is justice? What is biblical justice? Michael, you just came from a conference. I did, I did. Well, let let me just share something really quick because um, I learned some new things that I had never thought about before. uh, From and a shout out to Nick Miller at at Andrews at the seminary. He was one of the afternoon uh, speakers, and and he talks about the disparity of wealth. How some of the greatest disparity of wealth in American history is in the last few years, and it's getting more increasingly. I don't know, polarized or whatever the best word is for that, but um, that that disparity is there. And he talked about uh, four different kinds of uh, justice. And I'm actually trying to to pull up my notes from his presentation here because it's so good. But he talked about this. Oh, here it is. Um, the different kinds. There's distributive justice. 
Um, I'm not a lawyer. He's a lawyer. So he had all these, <laughs> this great information here. But there's the different kinds. And, and the main point he had was that there's like, for example, individual justice. Like the three of us are in a room and we have certain set of expectations, how we should behave and how we should treat one another as individuals. Right. But then there's this sense of, and that's the distributive justice, that there's a collective sense of justice. And what he was trying to talk about is the inequities that are in our midst. So it's not a matter of whether whatever your nationality or, or whatever, you know, all of those kinds of things, but beyond our individual spheres of influence, there's these larger, um, the, these larger, trends that have been at work and inequities you know why are certain populations so marginalized and unable to get an education mm -hmm. and and you'll like this on it because um at the end we had a conversation with a number of people there we were trying to brainstorm how what can we do about this as christians and as seventh-day adventists in particular and there was kind of a consensus in the group that the single best way that you could really make an impact uh, in terms of this larger social inequities in our society and culture is through education. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I just had this aha moment. I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Yeah. Amen, right? Yeah. <laughs> and especially um, here at our university, I'm sure, I don't know if all, you've seen this meme where it's like people looking over a fence and it defines the difference between equality and equity. Oh, yeah. And some people may be able to just look over the fence standing on the ground and other people may need to step on a box in order to look over the fence. That but, would be me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and me too. Me I, too. I think we've had some students. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Make fun of us about that. Yeah, they, yeah. Right. they actually brought us a little stool. So, oh, there it is over yeah. there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so, well, you know. Uh, that was for us. Just. Yeah, there it is. Fine. Uh, well, the, the point is, yeah. you know, how do we make education, how do we make it equitable? Mm. Like, how do we give everybody the same opportunities? Yeah. Yeah. Because understanding that some people may need more help than others. Uh, and do you say that that's not fair? Some people may look at that and say, that's not fair. That's not yeah. just. Yeah. Um, but it's it's providing an equitable opportunity. And mm. was God about that? Was Jesus about that? Mm -hmm. Was he about yes, giving he up? Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. He was. He understood, you know, the differences in, in where people were and who needed more of him even, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes he, he went to a well, right, mm -hmm. in the middle of yeah. Samaria and didn't wait for her to come to him uh, mm -hmm. as part of the multitude. Yeah. Sometimes he went to them, yeah. right? And so I appreciate you sharing that. Well, and just this week when I, I shared it because it was like hit me right in, in my heart. And it was a just a, a quote, I believe it was from Arise on Instagram. And it said, uh, there's a right way to be wrong and a wrong way to be right. Oh, mm. Oof. And when it comes to how we feel like we can impart justice mm. um, and even in judging each other, yeah. you know, is it more important to be right yeah. in the wrong way? Yeah. yeah. You know, because yeah. we could cause more damage and be right. Yeah. Yes. We can, we, can, <laughs> yeah. we can win the battle and lose the war. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I talk about this in our with our seniors in our theology class. You can have all your theology right, but if you don't go about it in the right and gentle way um, you can drive people out of the church and yeah. be completely orthodox so michael that with that being said tell us about pure religion before god <laughs> have, have, have mercy here <laughs> right because because it's, it's all about being not not just correct mm -hmm. it's about yeah. being 
right being uh in a relationship with god mm-hmm. yeah, right and that's what he craves after is he's craving after after our hearts yeah. he really is he, he has to change us from the inside out which is where we kind of started out earlier but then um part of that means there has to be an authenticity in how we live our everyday lives it's it's one thing to be on a podcast and talk about this it's quite another thing to be at home mm-hmm. when no one's watching and it, it, you know all the rest of that and that's that's where you see the the real <laughs> Yes. The, it, how it, how it really breaks down, or or driving down the road, mm-hmm. you know, um, that that's where it the, literally the rubber meets the road, you yeah. know, um, and and that's 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 a challenge here in Deuteronomy chapter twenty four verses uh, ten through fifteen. It talks about some very some very real ways to make religion real. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is not making a loan to your neighbor. Um, and don't go into their house to get what uh, is offered as a pledge, but stay outside and let the neighbor to whom you are making the loan bring the pledge to you. In other words, you know, if you have someone that's in a financial hardship, don't don't just be breathing down their back. If, if you know they're in financial hardship, that's maybe not the best time to just start. Um, give them the opportunity to get on their feet and to, to make things right. Um, these are the kinds of things. This, this is actual social inequity, you know, financial inequity. And, and God's being very specific um, on, 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 and making sure that when you do that, um, not to be overbearing and to, to, to be oppressive in these kinds of things. So, um, there's systemic, uh, injustice that we've kind of talked a little bit, but it also begins at the individual level. So when we, yeah, as simple as how we do our finances yeah. and how we relate those things, um, which, uh, Anna, that's kind of in your wheelhouse cause you're in the business department. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, uh, reflect with me for just a minute on that. I am, but still at the same time, um, I think that what I've learned in my life is mm. that you, when it comes to even wealth on this earth, yeah, you can't hold on to anything too tightly. Yeah, you just, you know, if you, that's when you start to really, I think, get to that mm-hmm. scary, dangerous place where you love something more than you love God wow. when you're holding on to it too tightly. Yeah, yeah. And that can be for anything in your mm-hmm. life. And that's something that we're all in on, on a, in a process. Right? right. And I know me in my life, you know, I have had to get to this point with God where I'm like, okay, if I'm going to cling fully to you, then that means I need to let go of other things in my life or not hold them so tightly. And sometimes those things are not bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of them is like our children. We're all parents here. The three of us yes. are parents. <laughs> you cling so tightly to your children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and God wants you to do that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like, okay, I love you, God. I trust you. You know, but I think I know what's best for my kids. But God loves my kids more than he yeah. loves uh, me. Amen. And, or, you, you know, God, them. more than I love them, yeah, he yes, loves yes. them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I have to let go of that. That's like wow. the closest thing to my heart. Wow. Uh, so sometimes, you know, it's like, what is the closest thing to your heart? Mm. You're going to be challenged to release the grip. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. That's just something I'm dealing with in my own life right now. Well, you know, I'm so glad you shared that. Go ahead, Michael. No, I'm just saying I, I, I think we all can relate. I, I can certainly relate to that. You know, yeah, letting go can. is so hard sometimes. But go ahead, Buster. No, so James 1.27, I think that's going to tie everything together. Mm-hmm. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble mm-hmm. and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> right? keep oneself from being unspotted from the world, but also in the midst of that, also visiting orphans and widows in, in, in their trouble. 
looking out for others mm-hmm. and yeah. at the same time trying to keep ourselves pure before God. And I would challenge this. I think that we think that that means like physically going out, right? Mm. And part of it is that. Okay. But right now we live in a world too where we can reach a lot of people through social media platforms, for mm-hmm. example. Ooh. How are we using the platforms that we have to reach people um, wow. or to speak up about injustices or mm-hmm. to, um, you know, just touch people in a different way? How are we using the platforms we have? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes social media can be that polarizing, mm-hmm. you know, but when we, we look at strangers, can we, can we find a common ground? Mm-hmm. Can we find a common ground even in our media in places where we are day to day? Um, and in some ways we have more of a reach yes, than we did in the true. past. It's true. We have a chance to meet strangers, people that we never knew of. We have ways to reach out to them and help them that we've never had before. People uh, who are different than us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, people, people from all around the globe. So you're exactly right on that. Our reach should be further. It yeah. can be further, yeah. but it needs to be done, still done with intentionality, yeah. right? Yes. And, you know, I just want to come back to this, uh, having just been at this conference on social justice, I, I have some Adventists that are like, I don't know, you know, this whole social justice <laughs> thing, you know, that's going to weaken or lessen our Adventist message. And I think that's absolutely wrong because the more that we engage in doing these things, living out, it shows the authenticity of the very Adventist message we believe. And it doesn't lessen, but rather enhances mm-hmm. And it shows that what we believe really matters and makes a difference in in how, um, by God's grace, is is, is to live out the gospel as we're waiting and looking for Christ to return. Yeah. And, you know, Michael, uh, adding to that, even as I'm thinking about being unspotted from the world, you know, I think of in times the love of many will wax cold. Mm, To be unspotted from the world means that my love is growing warmer and yeah. hotter yeah. because of the love of God within me. And uh, therefore, I'm not going to allow the world's coldness to make me cold, mm-hmm. right? And we can hopefully burn hotter together in the name of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. doing things for the widows and the orphans, not because, hey, look at me, it makes me look great, but because right. we actually care because of the love of God shines from within us. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't know, on uh, any concluding thoughts for us? <laughs> I am just, in spot. I think that any time that we talk about subjects like this, yeah. for me in my life, it's mm-hmm. like it gives me a new charge. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do? Let yeah. me reevaluate myself, how I use my time, mm-hmm. um, how, where I am, where I place myself and who I place myself with. Mm-hmm. Uh, because awesome. sometimes in order to follow out on some of these things, you have to put yourself in a position where you're a little bit uncomfortable. Ooh. So are we willing to be uncomfortable? in order to reach the stranger, reach the widow, reach someone who disagrees with us, uh, you know, on certain issues. Are we mm. willing to be, number one, uncomfortable, and number two, even if the conclusion of those conversations don't go the way we want, are we still willing to love that person? Exactly. You know, uh, and I just want to say thank you for being someone who walks the walk and talks, or talks the talks and walks the walk, because I know your transition has been fast, it's been crazy, but this entire time you said, only thing I'm doing is trusting God mm-hmm. and we see it in you Michael and I we've talked about it before yeah. just your your posture the way you've handled situations thus far it's been it's been really great and we just want to say well, thank you for allowing God to use you thank you it's it's not me 
But I'm, I'm glad to be in this position and I'll be here as long as God wants me here. But the prayer is like all of us in our lives, I'll do anything. I'm willing. You're able. That's it. Amen. I love it. And uh, I guess if I have a takeaway from you, Anna, I pray that God will make each of us and our listeners uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And His Holy Spirit won't let us rest. If there's some opportunity that is around us to be able to share share Jesus with others. So I think that uh, puts a wrap for another week. Episode 99. Yes. This is Soup and Swoops. <laughs> Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.